Hello! Thank you for coming to this live stream today, guys. This is the Cardano Aura Podcast Episode 2. I'm here today with the creator of Pool Tool. Uh, he goes by Papa Carp on Telegram. His name's Mike. Uh, I really appreciate you swinging by today. Good to be here. Um, but before we jump, we're going to be going over a lot of cool stuff today. We're going to be showing you guys how to actually track your rewards uh, with the new Pool Tool app on mobile. And we're also going to be showing you guys how to track your rewards through the web browser through PoolTool.io. Um, we're also going to be going over the history of Pool Tool um, and, and a lot of cool stuff. So if you guys stay for that, it'd be awesome. But before we jump into that, I got to pay a couple bills. If you guys want to support me, the best way you can do so is by delegating to my pools, Bloom and Bloom 2. We have a 2.5 million pledge, over 3,000 different delegates. Uh, so that adds some security to it. Um, also, another way to support me is downloading the Brave browser. It actually blocks ads, um, and it protects you from the trackers within those ads and pays you in cryptocurrency for doing so. Um, if you guys do enjoy this podcast and you want it to continue, please click the first link down below for my Project Catalyst submission. Uh, you just have to get on there and give me a little kudos. Uh, I think you're allowed to do one kudos per day, and I think the, the kudos system does have to do with whether the proposals will actually be brought into the next stage or not. So if you guys do get on there once a day and give me that little kudos, it would support me and the podcast greatly. Uh, another thing you guys can do to support the podcast is leave a like, turn on the notification bell, and then also comment down below. Um, at the end of the live stream, we're also going to be doing about 10 to 20 minutes uh, for a Q&A uh, between me and him. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Sorry that I didn't get to it in the last live stream. For whatever reason, my comment section glitched on YouTube, so it was almost like no one was here. Um, but you guys were there. Sorry for missing them. We will for sure get them at the end of this podcast. And if it's glitched again, I'll get it fixed before we go offline. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to go in, into today is um, actually your Project Catalyst submission. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, good. Thanks, Peyton. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So um, if you guys haven't checked it out yet, we did submit a uh, platform upgrade proposal on the on Catalyst. And uh, the idea here is not, it, it's, there's a lot of great ideas on the Catalyst platform, but our, our concept here is really to help pool tools uh, become the platform where people can differentiate their pool. And, uh, you know, if, if we all just compete on price alone, it's going to become just a race to the bottom. And, and there's a lot of kind of wasted talent ecosystem. A lot of pool operators have a lot of talents and connections and strategies, and we want to bring that stuff to the surface. And so to start with, what we want to do is, is build out pool tool to allow you to interact with delegators uh, and uh, communicate, have the pools kind of communicate what their strategies are and what, they're, what they care about. Uh, but on top of that, we want to take it down further into more of like a Kickstarter or a Patreon type approach. So once the smart contracts come out, that's the direction we want to go is to really facilitate this connection between the community, uh, right now they're delegators, and the people in the community that are providing content. So that's our vision. Uh, that's what we're trying to do. So if you can, please support us by clapping uh, on the on the platform or or just comment on it. Let us know what you think about the ideas, um, how you can expand on it or what what new things we could add to pool to help make it better. And that project Kyle submission is actually the second link in the description down below. Um, but one question I have for you is how do you plan um, to do what you just said that you wanted to do, uh, bridging the gap between delegates and pool operators with that. Yeah. Proposal. So, yeah. So, I mean, one of the key things, first of all, is the rewards tracking that we put in the system. So hopefully that's going to bring the delegators in so they can kind of make sure that they keep track of their account and we'll have dashboards and stuff so they can keep track of the pools they're in. So that's the goal is to get them in there. And then we're doing this online chat system. So the, 
the platform has been architected from the beginning to allow more like real-time chat, like we're all getting very used to in this day and age. Mm -hmm. And um, and we use we use systems that were a little bit different than the first iteration of Pool Tool with that specifically in mind. So once we have the chatting going, uh, you know, the ability to post content, you know, get updates, uh, emails, you know, any kind of way you want to connect with the system, we want to be able to support it. So that's what we're trying to build into this thing. But of course, it just takes time and effort to do that. And you know what? What we've done so far with Pool Tool has been a lot of just volunteer time. Um, but to kind of get it to the next level, we we really want to kind of put some effort into it. Not only with just me, but also some hiring some people to do some work for it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that makes perfect sense. Um, you guys have brought a lot of value to the ecosystem, um, even especially during the testnet days. You know, you were the only option for us to see if we were minting blocks other than the node itself, and. Um, I, I think you guys have brought a lot of value to the ecosystem, and I will support that project. You guys are definitely going to get my kudos today. And um, <laughs> I think um, the rewards tracking thing is going to be useful for a lot of delegates because I think a lot of people don't know about that. And I often get messages every day um, complaining, actually, about the Daedalus, how there's no way to – you can only see your total rewards from the beginning. You know, you can't see the payments per epoch, and really the only way to actually track that is just by doing the math yourself and then taking a picture per epoch and be like, okay, this minus this, you know? Right. So I think that would right. be really useful. Um, uh, another thing is I was curious about how you guys are going to go about allowing stake pool operators to message their delegates. Um, will that system well, be like through telegram or will it be through the website or through the app? Yeah. Well, right now they can already message uh, anyone that's subscribed to the pool Toolbot, for example, um, mm -hmm. you as a pool operator, you can send a message to everyone that's subscribed to you. And you can see how many people are are subscribed to you through um, your manage in the in the pool tool app. Um, so that's that's the first way, but that's just a one direction, and you really don't know who you're talking to, yeah. uh, where they are. The next step above that is is really to identify the delegators, and this requires them to also be interested and in have bidirectional communication into the system. So there are things that we're looking at for uh, authentication of those delegators. If they want to have an account, uh, we want to keep it as, let's say, um, uh, uh, hidden as possible. Like we don't want to have everyone to be disclosed as much information as they possibly can, right? It's not like Facebook we're trying to create. What we're trying to do is just have some verifiable identity in place so that when pool operators want to talk to somebody, they know who they're talking to, not necessarily a name. Uh, or an email or a phone number or something, but definitely what stake that address that is. You know, this is the stake. This is who I've staked with before. This is how often I change. You know, they want to have some identifying information. So to start with, it's probably going to be a fairly straightforward, just login and authentication system, just like we have today uh, for the mm -hmm. pool operators to get in there. Um, but, but now that we have the Pegasus app in the system as well, there are ways that we can move identity from the Pegasus app into the system so that you can kind of be identified, at least validated as a person that owns an account through the Pegasus app, and then also verified in the pool tool system. So we're trying to kind of build this ecosystem together. And, and you know, I, I should mention also that identity is one of the key things that IOHK is working on, right? It's one of their key, key premises of building their platform. And as soon as we see a platform in place there, we'd like to use their identity systems uh, for for authenticating people. So that's the vision of where we want to go. It all requires some delegators to kind of get in the system and be interested in communicating with the pool apps. And then we'll facilitate that channel. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. And I, I do think that Atala Prism um, would help bridge that gap even further than just them logging into the website and 
Um, mm-hmm. But a good way to get a lot of these users in, because what I currently do is I just advertise my Discord channel in every video. Uh, the links for that is down below if you guys would like um, to join. Um, so it'd be cool to have another another way to do that, especially using a site that has a lot more data, because currently I can't really have any of my pool data in Discord other than what I take from either Pool Tool or Ada Pools, you know. So um, yeah. the next thing I wanted to jump into was the history of Pool Tool. Um, yeah, uh, kind of like what 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 made you want to create this and and just kind of the story of yeah. it, you know? Yeah, good question. I did a, a talk on this at the um, summit. I'm not sure if you guys have seen that, but I didn't. I did that. Okay, that was it. Was pretty fun. It's kind of an amusing talk. I didn't have a good microphone at the time, but um, honestly, it was uh, it was working with the the node, um, and I you know I was one of the first guys into the. Well, not the first guys, but I was one of the early people into this Jorm project and trying to get things up and running, get a node running. I was on all the test nets. And um, I just had this desire to kind of see how I was minting blocks relative to everybody else. And so I initially started kind of putting in some PRs against some work that uh, Sam had done uh, for IOHAK, which, which was um, uh, some Python scripts to allow you to kind of look at all the blocks and, and which pools minted them. So I helped on that for a little bit, but then I realized... It'd be much better just to have this as a tool that I could, so I could visually see, you know, where the where the what pools were minting and and who's ahead and who's behind. And so it was a very natural progression. There was really no intention of creating something that would become what it is today. I mean, it was yeah. just a natural desire. I, I wanted a tool, and then I just threw it up there, and I showed some people, you know, on Telegram, and they said, "Wow, that's great, <laughs> right? Can you can you add this? Can you add this?" And so. I just kind of kept adding things to it. And and that's how the evolution of pool tools has been the whole way through is, is just whenever there's something I'm kind of curious about as a pool operator, I just like, I add it in. I find mm-hmm. a way to add it in. And it turns out other people want the same stuff. See, see, I feel like that's where most great ideas stem from is, is you just trying to solve your own problems. And then you realize that a lot of other people are also interested in that. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the fun thing, the really fun thing to do was the battles we did on the I-10. Um, and I just, I really enjoyed, not, not only when I first realized what was going on and how these battles were going down, but then trying to kind of piece out, well, how, how are people winning? You know, it was, it, I, it's, it's really boring now on the main net because we, we really don't have battles. You know, if, yeah, if they're 50, all two 50. blocks in the thing, right, it's mm-hmm. basically a 50-50 thing. So, which, which is fine. It's the right protocol choice. But honestly, it was so fun to watch those battles go down. Yeah. And, because there was some technical skill associated with winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and also like location based. I, I remember switching my stake pools location and that helped tremendously with slot battles too. And also the technical <laughs> stuff and the networking and really just the optimization of the node, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So we all ended up in Germany with our nodes, right? Because for mm-hmm. some reason that was where all the battles were going down. Yeah. Which is which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, the Cardano yeah. or the, the ITN protocol based out of Germany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it was a. It, that's been the whole way through. Is just like what's interesting, what would be a fun visual to do, and so I just kept building it, and um, you know, and then there's other things sprung up that had kind of similar type, you know, features, and I've noticed a lot of similarities in what Pool Tool did initially and what now has kind of spread out amongst the community, and so you know, it's all about just kind of filling gaps, and that's it's not just about kind of building community and stuff, filling gaps, but it's also about building businesses, right? You have to find those gaps that aren't being filled today and fill them. And I, you know, I, I, as pool operators, we can all see those things. And then the next step beyond that is just doing something about it. And for me, it was a great way for me to learn the view platform uh, and also contribute to the community 
um, kind of get some visibility from my pool, but also answer questions I had, you know, just curiosity. So, yeah. So that's what, where it all started. So uh, curious about a technical question. What do you actually use to query the blockchain the way that you do to, to spread all that information out? Do you just use Cardano CLI or do you write scripts for that and then tie them into the website? Well, it's a combination um, of a lot of different pieces. So it's a whole custom backend that pulls stuff information. Um, the uh, DB sync is a really important part of that. Um, the, you also query the, the, the ledger state directly for a lot of information. Uh, we're hoping to move away from ledger state querying as quickly as we can. It's a 320 megabyte file or something that gets pulled out of my node every minute, I think, right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it gets pulled out, parsed by Python, uh, and then all the data gets shoved where it needs to go. We use the wallet for a lot of information as well. And so it's just a matter of kind of pulling all these disparate pieces together and presenting them in a useful way. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, thank you for that. Um, since we're, <laughs> we're kind of on the topic, uh, let's just go jump in and show people how to actually track the rewards using, is it called the Pool Tool app now? Where can people download this? Yeah, so you can download the Pool Tool app on uh, I, the iPhone store, uh, iOS store, or you can download on the Android store. So let me see if I can share my screen and we'll kind of go there really quick. Cool. Yep, no worries. Also, just want to take a second and say thank you guys for all swinging by the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Make sure you guys hit that like button if you're enjoying it so far. All right. So hopefully you guys can see my screen now. Yep. Looks good. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So at the bottom of the pool tool page, you'll get the links to the mobile app. Uh, you can get it on the Google play or the app store. And, um, and yeah, so that app, that app has uh, been, and I'll get to it a little bit later, but that app's been a wonderful addition to the, to the platform. There's just so many things that we can do with pool tool. Now that we have an app, and to combine the information together and make it a more fluid, you know, a fluid interaction with everybody. So yeah, anyway, so back back on the top. Um, so as far as rewards go, this is probably one of the most uh, overlooked things that I've that I've seen in the community so far. People are um, unsure where to get the reward information. They're frustrated with the data list right now. And I expect that to change eventually. I mean, I think, you know, IOTK knows this is an important feature to have and and so eventually it should be on the wallets. But for now, kind of the only way you can really get the detailed information you need is to use our, our reward tracking feature. So um, what you do is you'll basically go into uh, your wallet. And I pulled up a page here. I can just show this to you real quick. Let's see. So your wallet. Your wallet has these addresses in here. And you'll just copy any one of these addresses out and you can drop it into the app. So let's see, I'll copy that one. And then that is going to do a search for your staking key. Your staking key is a hexadecimal number. And so it's going to, if it finds one, it's going to pull up that staking key and you can go directly into that address and you can see the details. So if you didn't you know, know about this already, this is the first step is you can get all of your history for uh, who you staked with. Uh, the active state during that particular epoch, and then what your rewards are. And if you're an operator, we'll show you what your operator rewards are as well. That's the awesome, man. We... <laughs> Thanks. It <Peyton>. really is. <laughs> uh, 
the other thing that we do is we will track the prices in anything you want, any currency you want. And these, these prices are tracked on the day that the reward was sent to you. So this is all about tax implications associated with rewards. And there's, there's two ways to, to treat this that I know of. Number one is you can uh, have it taxed on the, the day you receive the reward in your wallet. Uh, and the other one is you could have it taxed the day that you actually captured the rewards, you know, and so they're not just a, a, an empty UTXO. Um, so either way, as long, as long as we have the information in here to track it to some value, and these are all kind of zeros because it's a very low amount in this particular wallet, um, you can always go back and get that information for your tax reporting at the end of the year. So that's the goal with this. Um, the other thing I should mention is that for pool operators, the, the rewards tracking is very interesting if you have multiple pools feeding into the same location. So I saw one this morning for Clio, so I'll just pull up that one. This is my good friend, Marcus. So on this reward account, for example, he has a bunch of rewards feeding in from, from various stake he has, uh, feeding into the same reward address. And what we allow you to do is go into the details for that. And so if you have one reward address for multiple you know, stake or pools, uh, you can see exactly what amounts came into your reward address from each of those locations. That's awesome. Yeah, I just, I think a lot of people watching this are going to see how useful this is too, because I mean, I have people message me that don't understand what happens when you change your stake from one pool to another. And they're curious of whether the rewards they received were even from my pool or from the different pool that they were at prior. And, and I had someone recently message me and say that they only received like point oh something ADA for a hundred thousand stake and I'm like the only way that you would receive that little is if you were with a smaller pool that had probably less than a million or two uh, because yeah. that 340 per epoch probably killed it um, and I said yeah. just, just wait till next week uh, you'll probably get around probably 70 or 80 ADA and and it was right you know but it would be awesome or you can now on poolsol.io yeah. to check this out to see exactly uh, what's happening per thing you know so <laughs> A good way, base, a good way also to find your staking address. You don't have to go through that search feature. You can also just go to the pool that you're staking with, mm -hmm. or that you have staked with, and just if you know the amount that you stake, you just go find the amount in here, uh, and you can then go directly to the address that way as well. Yeah. So here's a nice whale you've had who's been very consistent with you. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll be yeah. hard to do it that way with two thousand different people, though. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's easiest to search. Yeah, just use the um, address function and Daedalus your Roy. So, and then once you do have it in there, the other thing you can do is you can tie your staking address into your Pegasus app as well. And you can get alerts uh, through your Pegasus app or the Pool Tool app. So I'll show you how to do that as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be interested in that because I'm more of a, a web guy myself, you know, but a lot of people still do or not still do, but they're now using uh, mobile apps, you know, to get their data. So I think this will be really useful. See. All right. So pull up the pool tool app in here. All right. So if you haven't seen this again, you can download it on, those, on all the app stores. It's been available um, Gabor, who's been doing this, also known as Mask, he's been doing this also since the ITN days, since really early on. He was uh, the first app that was out there. Yeah. And him and I have talked uh, on and off for a very long time about working together on things. And so I'm glad that uh, we finally were able to put something together. But coming back to the, the, the thing in question right now is how do we get it uh, into the 
into the Pegasus app. So there is this button at the very bottom, which is called rewards, and it allows you to um, add a new rewards address in here. So it's, you can give your rewards address a name. So let's just call this, um, this is some bloom whale. Bloom whale. <laughs> Bloomy hail. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. And then uh, you can either type in your address or you can use this thing to just scan that QR code. Oh, that's really cool. So, yeah. And so now that's in here uh, and it's and it's saved in the Pegasus app. So it shows you rewards, uh, but not only that, you can also get alerts on this. So once it's in, in here, you're going to get a notification on your phone about all the rewards that come in and when they come in, how much they're for. So just every every five days, you're going to be getting a new notification? Yeah. That's cool. So it will actually yeah. save that as like mm-hmm. kind of your accounts. Okay. Yeah. That's really useful. So this is now saved and you can have as many uh, rewards address tracked in here as you want. Uh, and you can just decide to turn on and off alerts for them and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and so you can also save pools and you can get alerts on different pools as well. So you can go into the information page and it will show you the details about the pool and, you know, block production, of course, set up those alerts. So you can see fee changes, saturation changes or new blocks. So I'm, I'm finally getting to the point where I'm turning off my new block notices because <laughs> I have, I have all the bots set up to send me new block notices. And of course the Pegasus app does too. So when I, when yeah. I generate a block on my pool, I go, everything goes ding, ding. Yeah. Ding. Four notifications. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one too many. So that's how that works. Um, any questions about that, Pete? Um, so are you guys going to integrate this account system um, into the app and then also into the website so you have the ability to notify the delegators whether they're on each and uh, will it be the same process to actually notify the delegators on both? Will it be linked together? Yeah, so so right now we do the Pool Tool bot, which you can sign up for on the front page of Pool Tool. Um, that's our kind of notification center. And you, you and that links here. And, and that links through uh, Telegram, right? Yeah. And that links to Telegram, exactly. So you can sign up there to get notifications on a stake address as well. Uh, Pegasus app, or is also you get notifications for there. So right now they're separate accounts uh, because obviously we just started kind of trying to put things together. Um, but going forward, we would like to kind of merge those two worlds. Again, we talked about identity earlier and how important it is to, you know, we don't want people to have separate identities in both of our platforms. They have to be combined together. Um, ideally, it's through, it's through a mobile application, honestly, because that allows you more uh, independence from from tracking. Um, but we're going to do whatever we need to do to kind of get the platform up and running until we have a long term strategy, which again would be like a prism or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, so, will people have the ability to like? Because you can no- you can notify right now through the Telegram bot, but will people have the ability to notify through that app? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So you, you mean for the Pegasus app? Yeah. 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 So notifications can come through there already. Oh, really? Uh, for, for things like blocks and rewards and stuff like that. I mean, yep. specifically like, because um, you stated that as a pool operator, you can actually type out a message and it's a one-way message to the delegate. Um, will you be able to actually send that one-way message to the app in the future? Yeah, we should do that. Um, I think that there's in the manage page, there's a communication area, which will allow you to send them. I think we'll do them separately for now, which means you can send a notice to all your Telegram followers, mm-hmm. or you can send a notice to all your, you know, Pegasus app followers, for example. And then again, the goal would be to kind of blend those two worlds together. But that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Have you ever, have, this is kind of a, 
I'm biased against against Telegram. I'm a Discord guy. So have you guys ever thought about maybe making um, a Discord bot that would allow the same notifications to come through Discord either to servers? Um, because currently with the way Discord works right now, you can have servers with thousands of people and then have different channels. So what I could do is essentially set up a channel that would say new blocks or maybe uh, an epoch yeah. summary. And I think that would be really useful for a lot of my delegates um, other than just using the app itself or the uh, Pulsu website. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. You want to help us put that in? Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Because, <laughs> because that. yeah, because I currently don't have a way to use Discord for the bot. And, you know, I kind of have to tell people, hey, man, you got to you gotta download this other application, yeah. you know, to do it. So, you know, the API can't be too hard to implement. And so, and the other, the other thing is that with Pool Tool, it hasn't been just me. I mean, I put a lot of work into it, but there have been a lot of people that have, that have added little things here and there. Uh, I think I have I have five or six people that are now in the repository itself, and they just kind of add things when they when they see opportunities. And, and so um, I welcome any and all additions to the platform, not only not only for the back end stuff like we just talked about, but also for the front end, the view platform. And so I'd welcome your addition here, and if not, just a little coaching on the API and stuff. I'm sure we could get something in there really quickly. Heck yeah, yeah, I'll look into it. it yeah, because I can't. Yeah. With how many bots there are on Discord, I'm sure it can't be too hard to get that set up. Yeah, you know, can't with be hard. yeah, for they make sure. it smooth and easy now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about is your partnership with Umed and Gabor. Um, if you could please end that stream so I can full screen both of us. Mm-hmm. But okay. Awesome presentation. I think that's really cool, and I think everyone who watches this is definitely going to be interested in that, and and they're going to use it because there's there's not really anything else like that in the ecosystem currently, and it's just. Uh, like you said, it's it's one of those problems that you want to fix for yourself, you know, and I think a lot of other people need to fix that problem as well. Yeah, exactly. So why not just publish it out there for everybody to use? So. Yeah, um, and it's simple too, you know, just being able to use the address from Daedalus or Uroi, you know. I thought yeah. the issue with it was the fact that the rewards were actually paid to the staking address and, and mm-hmm. not the payment address, you know. So it's nice to see yeah. that, that, that that gap was bridged, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it took quite a bit of work to kind of make that happen, but I was able to extract it finally, and I knew it would be a value. So, so there you go. Um, so back on the yeah the the thing we did with with Gabor and Umed, it it's again it's one of these things is, that's built over a long time. Uh, we again, I was working with the Pegasus guy from a long time ago, um, talking about how to implement our backends and kind of streamline things, and we just never really got it over that hump. And then, you know, what happened is they started doing these funds uh, and his got funded by the first round of the C- the Cardano Foundation, just like Pool Tool did. Uh, we got, well, I think it was $1,000 a month for three Yeah, I remember so. that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of like, okay, this is good. But, you know, we could do more if we were together, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then it kind of, we came up to the, the second round of it. And, you know, again, it was like, hey, you know, we could work together if we kind of really focus on this. And at the same time, I had this conversation going with Umed about um, the, the statistics because he was always a big fan of the pool tool and how we analyze things. You know, he's a, kind of a deep numbers guy and a finance guy. Yeah, because I used his spreadsheet before, and and it's yeah. really useful. Yeah, we that all was the did. first was... time I yeah that was the first time I saw the the binomial probability distribution, 
And that was so useful for delegates because I could just take a screenshot of it because they don't really understand. I mean, they're starting to, you know, over time, there'll be a lot more education, but they didn't understand that it's kind of a, it's a numbers game on how many blocks you're going to get per epoch. And it's a, it's a luck system, you know? So um, just being able to send them that, I think clarified that uh, for them in their heads, you know, and I know that you actually just add that feature to pool tools. So that's going to be really useful for them as well, you know? Yeah, that reminds me. I do want to show that to you. So let's get to that right after this cool. um, about this partnership. Um, yeah, so we so it's it's interesting because Umed was kind of like it's like these different people are spearheading these kind of offshoots of information flow related to Cardano. And again, so I would say I was one of the first that spearheaded this thing into kind of a a pool explorer. Uh, you know, I kind of charged ahead and just kind of built something right. And mm-hmm. uh, Gabor did the same thing with the Pegasus app. He just kind of charged ahead and he built that thing. And then Umed did this on the finance side, right? He charged ahead and, and built this spreadsheet. And, and these were all became very useful tools. And we just, we kind of came to this point where we're like, hey, you know, we could we could build this into something interesting. You know, we, we've all kind of found ways where there's holes, there's gaps in information, and we built stuff for it. So let's build something together. And that's really where it formed. And it was a straightforward kind of process. We all kind of just sat down and talked to each other. And we're like, yeah, this this makes sense. Let's just do it together. Yeah. Um, and, and so, again, a lot of a lot of where we're going with the platform is kind of facilitating this this information. So it's the it's the financial analysis that UMIC could bring to the party. We're, we're planning to provide to the delegators this kind of value add services and information and pool tool to kind of expand the platform, you know, the online presence and identity, you know, correlations, uh, you know, for the uh, app is what we're trying to do on Gabor's side. And we're trying to just pull all this information to one place. And, and that's the idea of the partnership. All of our pools do stay separate, um, right? At least for now, we're not going to combine those. So my pool is love. Uh, Umed's is Pega. And then, uh, or Umed's, sorry, Umed's is Sky. And then Gabor's is Pega. And so uh, please do feel free to delegate to those pools as well if you're interested in what we're trying to do. Yeah. Also check out um, Umed's recent podcast. I think he released the first episode last week. I'm more than halfway through it. I'm weird. I watch like 30 minutes at a time, hop off, watch 30 more later. Um, It was a really good podcast and I'm excited for the future of that. Um, The first um, the first interview was actually with Charles Hoskinson, but it's going to be cool to have someone who has the experience actually do the um, the deep technical analysis on the on the finance side, you know. Um, yeah, I, I love that podcast, too, is really, you know, every time I, I listen to Charles, I feel like there's pieces that are are new, but they're blended together on that on the fabric that we've we've all that's why we all joined the project initially where we're like, oh, yeah, I know that. Right. I heard yeah, that. Exactly. Uh, but that podcast was good from Umba because uh, for whatever reason, the the flow of it uh, kind of pulled everything back together again about where Cardano is going and, and the vision and stuff. And it, from mm-hmm. more of a financial perspective, so that was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, I'm curious um, to see. Um, uh, yeah. Go ahead and show the binomial probability distribution. And then following uh, that, I'm actually curious about um, what features UMED will bring to pool tool with the technical analysis and how and what value that will provide uh, to delegates. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about that real quick. So you got my screen again, yeah? Yep. Click that. So I think you're, you know, you're already seeing some of it. I mean, he, uh, Umed has very strong opinions on how information should be presented uh, in the form of charts. And again, it's because of his finance background. Uh, he, he knows what, what people that care about money are really going to be looking for when it comes to 
um, staking. And, and he also knows that a lot of these guys are going to want, you know, very quick summaries of the information to make sure that they're delegating correctly. Uh, because, you know, all they want to do is just make sure that things are on track. They don't necessarily want all the details. So, so he's really good at summarizing things. Uh, so let's see, go over to this. I think this, the metrics is the thing I wanted to show you. And this is an interesting thing we just did. Um, this is your bloom pool actually that we're looking at right here. So the first one is the propagation delays. Have you seen this yet? Peyton? No, I haven't. This is my first <laughs> okay, time. I've seen the, I've seen the, uh, expected blocks, but I haven't seen the, um, okay. propagation delays. Okay. Well, and again, it's one of those things which I was interested in. It's like, mm -hmm. so I know we're not peer to peer yet, but we do have this topology in place and you know, how quickly are the blocks getting spread around? Um, so what we've done is is we have 100 uh, pools actually reporting their, their heights to us. And when they report to us, we also get a timestamp associated with when that block was applied to their node. Not when they actually sent it to us, but there's a timestamp in their logs that tells us when it was mm -hmm. applied to the node. So by analyzing that, we can look at propagation delays. And this is for your pool in particular. If you highlight over this, this tells you how fast your blocks from your pool are propagated through the network. So of 104 pools reporting and 18,000 data points, you're seeing an average of about 240 milliseconds to get your block to all the other nodes. Yeah, interesting information. Yeah. And there's a similar one. If you also report heights to us, then we do the converse of that as well, which is how quickly are you receiving all the blocks from the network? And you'll see that on some of the other pools as well. So how, how do pools choose to do that? How do pools choose to sign up for that information to give you guys that current height? Yeah, so it's all here. Um, if you look at the height section, anyone who's reporting a height, they turn up in green. So, for example, Digi is reporting their height right now. So if you're reporting your height, you're providing us this data. Yeah. And that has two benefits. Number one is you provide data to help us kind of validate the health of the network. But number two, it helps any delegators who are looking through pool tool know that your pool's online and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And, and it's yeah, and at height, and it's it's. It's not as important for the larger pools, which, you know, it's pretty obvious when they're not making blocks. Um, but for the smaller pools, if you have a million or five million or something delegated, you may not make a block in an epic or something. And, and so how do you convince your delegators that your pool is configured correctly and, and ready to go? Because your, your return on stake will be the same if you're a five million, you know, ADA pool or a, a hundred million ADA pool, right? As long as you have the patience as a delegator to wait long enough <laughs> for things to average out. Yeah. So... So that's how you do it. At the bottom of the health page, uh, the network health page, there's a link to that information. Uh, so you just go see the example code here and you click on that and that will um, allow you to go oh, okay. so it's just a script and apply it to your nodes. Exactly. So, and then coming back to that, as long as we're on this page, this is where we show all the health of the network. And I'm sure you've seen this a lot, but these are the propagation delays right here that are coming in. So you can see these are all the people that are reporting their pools. And this is the uh, delay from the time, the, the theoretical block time uh, to when we actually saw the block. And then of course you see the histogram of it right here. So, uh, and this by the, by the way is, uh, I know I'm taking a lot of tangents on the way, but there's a lot of information. Oh, no this worries. Is by the, this is by the way, how we figured out that the Shelley Genesis pools were, were causing the problem for the block density, the, the chain density we had in the last epoch. I don't know if you knew that, but we were. Yeah, we were I saw the chain density was at like four point six percent, and that's the lowest I'd seen it. You know, I've watched yeah. it go up to five point one, but it usually stayed within an air margin of point one. You know, and yeah, it was interesting right. to see it that low. It was no big deal. So, 
So this is, I just pulled this up. So this is what um, preview. Okay. Yeah. So this is what it looks like for the Shelly Genesis. But before you see how, how far delayed they are. Yeah. They're in uh, yeah the thousands right. of milliseconds. That's right. For people so they're their blocks were coming out um, over a second after their allotted slot time. So in a lot of cases, their blocks were being orphaned by the next pool that made a block, right? Because they, they weren't able to get them on chain in time. So, um, so anyway, that's how we saw that. Let's come back to, let's come back to where we were going, which is binomial distribution. Yeah. Sorry, sorry for going down a sidetrack there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So metrics. So the other thing is this binomial distribution. So at the start of the epoch, you have um, you have certain chances of, of reaching certain block levels. So this red one is the ex- expected level at the start of the epoch. In this case, there is a 60% chance that IOG1 would make 134 blocks in this epoch. Um, the blue one is kind of an adjusted version. It's a real-time adjusted version of the chance of this pool making a certain number of blocks. So as you can see, since they've already made a bunch of blocks in this epoch, the chances of them making 135 is 51% here, and it's narrowing. The whole thing is going to be narrowing in because as we get closer to the end of the epoch, it's easier and easier to forecast exactly how many blocks you're going to make based yeah. on the history. That's, a, that's a really useful feature, you know, because I've only ever looked at the probability distribution yeah. and halfway through the epoch, um, if you're over the percentage of blocks that you thought you were originally going to get, it's cool to see that distribution based on the real time. Yeah. So I do, exactly. I do appreciate that. I think it's useful. And and so I'll show you the love one because this is near and dear to me right now, right? This epoch has just been a, a tough one for, for love and we're making all the blocks we're assigned, but we're just not assigned very many. So at the beginning, there was a 50, 50 chance we'd make about 50 blocks, right? That's what, that's what the target is for your pool at the beginning of the epoch. But at this point in time, uh, I have about a 12% chance of actually getting to that 50 mm-hmm. based on just statistics, right? Um, I, if I get really lucky, I have a 2% chance of making 60 at this point in time, right? But it's more likely it's going to come in somewhere around 43 or 47. So this epoch, you know, the ROS is not going to be spectacular. Yeah, it's an unlucky epoch. Pool. It's yeah. an unlucky epoch. As contrasted to last one where I was way above, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so in, in the early days of Bloom, uh, I think it was it was probably the third epoch. So it really messed up my ROS, and it's it's averaging <laughs> out now, so it was fine. But we had uh, yeah. it was Bloom too. We had a fifty percent uh, day, and that's what it okay. would have been so nice to actually look at this and see um, based on it, what we what was the right. percentage chance of us even making it past fifty or sixty. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd be interesting to look at the luck associated with that. But I and I think it's it was it's low. Useful, it was like for, point. It was like point oh something. Right. You're it was way like a one in one thousand. I was like, yeah. I was like, how does that happen, man? Yeah. Yeah, and that's what that's what the hard thing is for delegators to to understand. I mean, I think if they're looking at the the epoch to epoch rewards that are coming back from their pools, they'll just they'll think that they've done something wrong, or they're with the wrong pool, or they're not performing, and mm-hmm. and that could be the case. But most of the time, with most of the pools we have up there right now, it's just statistics. And it's just yeah. if you stick with the pool you're with, eventually it's going to average out to whatever the math is associated with the pool fees and that fixed fee. And that's it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I actually had a comment earlier today and they said, why would I delegate with your pool when there are some pools that actually have a 7%? And I, yeah. was, like, 
I was like, man, if you want to go jump in pools every epoch to try to chase that, then go for it, man. But uh, it'll all average out over time, you know. Yeah. And that's a, it's an important education for delegates. Yeah, these pools down here, um, you know, the, the smaller pools, they can return some amazing returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. But the problem is knowing when, yeah, when you can jump in and out of them. So it's... It's funny, there was there was a, a tweet where someone was asking if they should have a, I think it was a, a Kurdish fortune teller, you know, do some work. And I thought, well, that'd be a good statistic to add to pool tools. We'll have a, a Kurdish fortune teller, right? For, <laughs> fortune tell which pools we should be in, right? Yeah. Well, we'll just try that for a little while and see if that works. <laughs> All right. So yeah, it'd be, I think it'd be better than sharing. me picking them, you know? Yeah, That's better than sure. me picking them too. Anything else you want to see while I'm in here? Um. Yeah, I think that was it. I, I was curious to kind of know the conclusion on the um, the block propagation issue. Well, so the conclusion was uh, those those pools that they had up uh, were getting bogged down. Uh, we don't know if it was a CPU issue or just something in the node. You know, I, I think a lot of the, the community pools are getting reset pretty frequently for topology reasons or, you know, node improvements or something. Uh, and for whatever reason, uh, theirs were just left up to run for days and days and days. So I don't know that we've figured out exactly what went wrong. I know that the solution was ultimately to just reset those nodes and they started working again. So do you, do you know by any chance, like what, how many peers they have in those nodes? Like, do they limit it to 20 like we do, or is it just a, an astronomical number due to all the relays out there? Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, Sam's a very smart networking guy. I'm sure that he's he's limited it in some way and, and given yeah. them a manual load. So, mm-hmm. again, it's and hopefully, you know, some of the stuff they did in the latest version of the node would have eliminated this as well. They, I think they were all on 18 or something or maybe 19, but it was, you know, I think that that they were running and it was fine and there was plenty of other things to work on. So they just didn't bother with with those things. But you'd really have to get Sam on here to, to comment on that situation yeah, to, go, to, to go deeper into the topology of them. Yeah, because yeah, I'm just glad we, we sorted it pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, fairly quickly. Because um, I, I kind of saw it, and then a few days later, it was just gone. And um, I figured I just needed to read up on it or ask somebody, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, that's really cool, though, that that pool tool was actually used to fix that issue that was really plugging the whole ecosystem, you know. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, well, at least I raised the flag, you know. Yeah, and that's and that's Sam why it's so it. useful to have this this type of data, you know. Just the more data points, the better when it comes to this. And um, it, after you showing me that peach, that feature of um, people being able to see how long it takes for their pool to get blocks, like my ears perked up when I saw that. Like, kind of, I, I want to know yeah. what's optimal, you know, like what what I should be shooting for, you know. So that's it's cool that you have that information on Pool Tool. Yeah. Yeah. It helps everyone with realistic expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've gone over pretty much everything on our list. Is there anything okay. else that you wanted to mention? Um, don't think so. I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the community has to help us decide what we're going to do next. Um, I, I'd love to have everyone's feedback, not the, not just the pool ops, but also the delegators. Uh, and so uh, that's that's my request here. You know, we're here, we're building an ecosystem. This is this is about building Cardano, not necessarily pool tool. Pool tool is a little piece of the puzzle, uh, but let us know what the, what stuff you need to help 
to help you and make your life easier and help build out the ecosystem. We're, we're getting a lot of ideas from the catalyst stuff. We get, we get ideas every day, but, but oftentimes someone will just kind of come up with something that was out of left field that I had never thought of. And it was like, of course, of course we should do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it gets in there pretty quickly. So we want to hear from you. So any um, ideas, how, how can people get to you? How can people give you information or give you suggestions or feedback for pool tool? Yeah, so probably the best place is there's a Telegram pool tool channel that I follow, uh, and uh, I'm I'm the admin on it. So that's a great place to find us. You can you can get to that anyway. You can reach out to me on Telegram. Um, maybe we should set up a Discord channel. We don't have that yet, um, but right now the pool tool channel is where a lot of that feedback comes into. And so cool. just reach out to us on Telegram. Yeah. Um, after this, make sure you send me that link. And then, um, once the live stream's over, I'll actually put that down below for people that want to join that. So it'll, it'll probably be okay. the third or fourth link in the description. Okay. No problem. Yeah. Well, um, the last thing I wanted to do is actually take questions from the viewers, uh, and the Cardano or podcast. Um, sometimes I don't think of the great questions that you guys have. So it'd be really useful for you guys to have a, a one-on-one way to talk to the people that are bringing value to the ecosystem. Right. So get them questions coming in and we'll get them answered. First off, how is everyone doing today? This says there's 70 concurrent viewers here, 52 likes. I really appreciate all the support today. Let's see if the uh, the comment section is not broken this time around. It may be broken. Are you getting new comments on there? Uh, all I see right now is just how many epochs do you go back to get the expected number of blocks? Okay. Yep. yep. So there's probably about a 20 second delay. So we'll get them. Okay. Yeah. And that one right now we're showing just live, uh, expectations for the binomial distributions. No, we don't, we don't go backwards in time, but we can certainly do that if that's an interesting thing to have. Yeah. That, that would be interesting, you know, it, especially to go back and look at that 50% epoch that I was telling you about earlier. You know, just yeah. to see the percentage chance of that happening, you know, like right. yeah. it was, it was yeah. very low, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you got lucky with the 4% low, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a 4% chance of you doing that. Yeah, I know. Imagine if it was like 150%. Like, man, why yeah. couldn't I have had that? <laughs> Well, and we have that conversation. I mean, there's statistically speaking, if we wait long enough, there will be a time where a pool like your size has zero blocks in an epoch. I don't know when, right? It could happen any epoch. It literally could. But it probably won't happen until like 100,000 years from now. But, right. Yeah. I, and, and conversely, statistically speaking, there could be one of our pools uh, that's like, you know, maybe a million that makes 50 blocks in an epoch. So, It'll be fun to kind of, this is the fun part of the luck, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of like sitting in a casino watching the little lights go off. And <laughs> that's why small pools are kind of fun to watch. Yeah. And that's what, there's something, yeah, there's something fun to luck. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you played some of the newer video games, a lot of them have luck involved where um, the best thing to get in the game is really, it's not that you have to work hard for it. You just have to get lucky. So people yeah. just keep playing over and over and over and over again to get the luckiest item, you know? So that's, that's kind of how I feel looking at the, the probability distribution, every epoch, like, is it going to be my epoch? You know, it's kind of just like <laughs> right. pulling that, uh, pulling that slider down, you know, and then endorphins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Yeah. The, the times JT is just talking about the time spans and stuff. And, uh, 
Yeah, now that we have um, you know quite a few epochs of data, we are going to be moving more to a lifetime return on stake, which is um, a more accurate indicator of a pool's performance rather than the daily or you know two epoch kind of merging together. And that's something we had on ITN was the ability to have a slider that kind of moved. You know, you could you could average as many epochs as you want together and look at that number. So mm-hmm. we'll be doing that. So how would you guys calculate that? Just kind of every epoch um, in history mm-hmm. of the pool, and then just display that yeah. ROS. Yeah, we already do it on the pool page. We allow you to look at all the history and the ROS over time. And then also we have a blend there, which you can decide how many epochs to to blend it over. So you can look at those averages. Yeah, um, That was really useful on the ITM because we, you know, they were single days. And so you could easily just pull in 30 days of activity and get a full month, you know, blend of the ROS. Uh, the trick is to do that on the front page, right? So you can now just compare all the pools against each other based on a slider that determines, you know, how many epochs you want to look at it over. Hmm. Yeah, that's useful. Yeah, another feature that I really like um, when you click on the pool and bring up the more broad information is knowing how many ADA the pool has had over time because you just kind of take that number each epoch and then add to that number. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's pretty cool just to see that build up, you know, especially like looking at it a year from now, you know, um, how many epochs would be in a year? Is it like 72 off the top of my head? Like 72 epochs in a year, you know, that that's going to be a pretty large number uh, at the end of the year, even for, even for small pools, you know, so it's cool to see that. Build yeah. Up. Yeah. It was funny in the, in the database. I just, I, I made that a text number. I, I made it just a text field because I, I knew it was just going to become a gigantic number. I didn't want to deal with energy overflows at any point in time. I just said, you know, we're just going to make this text because that can get as big as you want it to be. Yeah, because it's I mean, I'm so, sure I'm already sitting at I'm, I'm, I might be at a billion by now, at least in bloom, you know, so right. in, in a year, I mean, maybe yeah. a year and a half you might be sitting at if, if the delegates stay the same, you know, you might be sitting at 10 billion, you know, or much more than that. Um see if we got any of these questions. Crestfed, doing great. Didn't get it at block last epoch. Sounds like we might know why. So do you think that's possible? Do you think that um, him not getting a block last epoch, could could that have network effect of 4.6%? How many people did you think that affected, and, and how many blocks were lost from that, do you think? Well, um, the... The thing that was happening mostly is that the uh, Genesis nodes blocks were being orphaned. And so it wasn't so much that the community pools were losing blocks. It was that it was the Genesis the- nodes were And because the Genesis nodes were like 70 percent of the total blocks, you know, if they lose 10% of their blocks, that's a huge hit mm-hmm. on, on the chain density. And so what we did last epoch was we also added to the health page. You can now view the chain density for community pools and the Genesis pools separately. And then, of course, it has a combined version as well. So I, if it's if it's I didn't actually see the comment, but if it is a, a community pool, um, I doubt that that's why. Um, but you can always go look at your blocks in the system uh, and see if they were orphaned, and you can see who orphaned them and why. It, are you aware of that, Peyton? Yeah, yeah. The okay. Orphan section. Yeah, because yeah, so, I've had I've had some people message me and say, "Hey, man, are the nodes okay?" And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they're they're cool, man. It's just fifty fifty. It's going to happen. There'll be a lot more there here in a couple of weeks. You know. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yep. I see the hundred peers versus twenty. Um, I'm going to answer that one, Peyton. Yeah, go for it. So yeah, the what matters for the Cardano note is uh, read is... the question first. I'll, I'll oh, read it for sure. you. Uh, my, my brother, brother was. Asked... Go ahead. <laughs> 
My brother was asking if 100 peers would be better than 20. I told him I didn't know. Can you explain why 20 is recommended instead of more? Yeah, sure. So the, the, the Cardano net has to verify each block that comes into it. Uh, and you, so you decide how many blocks, how many, how many different peers you want to val validate blocks for. And so every time it does that, it takes CPU time. If you're validating 100, that means your CPU has to work five times as hard as if you're validating 20. And so um, it's really a matter of how much CPU performance you have in your system. It's, it doesn't necessarily benefit you to have, you know, a hundred or a thousand different peers because you're probably going to get a thousand copies of the same exact block coming in. So, um, so they, they pick 20 just because it's well connected. So if someone creates a block halfway around the world, you make sure you get it. Um, if you, if you go to, you know, 50 or something, all you're going to do is bog down your CPU without much benefit. On the other side of things, you want as many pools as possible to be your peer, to be listening for your block. So the other side is whoever wants to listen to you, you give them your IP address. You say, yeah, here you go. Take it. You know, put me in your peer list. Yes, please take it. So that's so you want as many people as possible listening to you. But for your node's sake, you want to only listen to like the minimum number to keep your node safe and happy. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have an advantage to that because in my um my stake pool operator group, everyone always asks for my topology. I'm like, man, I'm full, but here's mine. And I just keep them yeah. pinned, you know. Yeah. So I've, I've had a good advantage for that. It's funny. Yeah. But that was a good question, man. And I, I do like the response of uh, the other side of it to, to know that um, more people having you in their topology is good. Yep. Yeah, as many as I want. And someone said, this isn't a question, but it's a comment. Uh, I really appreciate there isn't ranking system on pool tool. It just provides data to users to do their own analysis. I agree with that, man. Um, yeah, when, you, when you start doing ranking systems, it, it sometimes can get a, a little biased, you know, and data is kind of where it, where it should be just, where it should, where it should be. Someone said, is there a way to get a data feed from pool tool? I would like to import the data into a spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, so reach out to me. Uh, we do publish that. Um, and there's quite a few people in the community that download that after each, each epoch and pull the data and do analysis on it for their spreadsheets. Uh, I'm happy to provide that to people. So, But I don't publish the link right now, at least, and in, in broadly. I want to know kind of who's using the data and for what. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just reach out to me, grab me in the pool tool channel or, or just reach out to me on telegram or something and I'll get it to you. Yeah. That'd be really useful for people calculating the rewards, you know, cause it's just trying to get ready for tax day, you know, cause for some people that's going to be a bad time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Re and reward tracking is a separate thing where we, we do have a plan to do that. Um, we, we're going to have CSV download, you know, correlated to the price of the, the, the asset of the day you want it, you, you got the reward. Um, but it's just a matter of kind of when we feed that in and, and if we charge for it or if you have to delegate to our pools for it or or if it's just free for everybody. So that's something that we're working through right now. Yeah, that'd be really useful. Yeah, it's just I, I think that's I, that's another question that I just have this weird position where I, I get a lot of people to reach out to me every day so I can see kind of the issues that are currently plaguing the ecosystem. And, and that's one of them all the time is why doesn't data list let me export the CSV with the price at the day of payment. So earlier that you, earlier you mentioned that you can make it a taxable event on the day that you pay yourself. Does that mean when you claim them from the staking address? I mean, maybe well, you're yeah, not the so, guy to ask for this, but I'm just so, a little so, curious. So first I'm, I'm no tax yeah. advisor. I'm not an expert. And this is all just, just, I don't know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, so don't trust me. Um, but it seems like if I'm if if I'm going to 
going to deal with this. You, you either have to treat it as taxable income on the day you, you earn the rewards, which is the day that, you know, the APOC ended and they, they showed up in some account in your wallet. Or you could say, you know what, that's just like, that's just still growing, right? That That's just a, it's like a plant that's still growing. I haven't harvested it. So you can't tax me, you know, while the plant is still growing. When you, when you grab the tax is when you actually cut the plant down and you move it into your wallet, you can actually spend it, mm-hmm. right? So that's why there's there's two ways in my mind of how we can treat that that as taxable income. But I, I've never talked to an accountant about this. Again, in every country will be different. And so- yeah. Yeah, I know. So I know which that. one uh, governments will like. <laughs> yeah, as soon as possible, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. every five days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and that's probably the safest thing to do at this point in time. Yeah, especially in the United States, because mm-hmm. I think that's that's how they have it have it labeled here. Okay, that makes sense. So the number of peers listening to me might be more than the peers being listed on my relays. Um, no, he's stating that it would actually be better if you gave out more of your topology past that limited 20 peers to other people so they can also validate your blocks. So it's it's not going to really be more unless unless you give those people that information. Um, Steve Bloggs asked another tax question. Uh, we're not tax advisors, so we're not going to get to that one this episode, man. Uh, maybe maybe I'll have a, a tax guy on here one day. <laughs> Just, That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just uh, community taxes, yeah, for the United <laughs> States. It's funny. But we will provide the data. And also, you know, some people have asked us for connections up to the various crypto, you know, tracking websites. We'd like to do that too. So let us know which website you use. We'll kind of set up the API or at least the CSV download for your particular website. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then if you're not watching this live, the link for that will be down below to join his Telegram pool tool channel. So you guys can give feedback and then also um, give suggestions on what websites you guys would like to bring the tax information to. Yep. So it's all, it seems like it's all been tax questions. So we'll go ahead and end it here. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I would like to have you on again in the future as more of these features come out and hopefully after you get that proposal to see uh, kind of yeah. what the catalyst project has done, but yeah. uh, make sure you guys like click that. that second link down below, give them some kudos. You get one kudos every day so you can swap back and forth between us. Um, but yeah, let me know what you guys think of this podcast. I will actually be in my Discord server for about 10 to 15 minutes after this, uh, just chatting with you guys, getting feedback on the podcast. This is the second ever Cardano Aura podcast. And one thing that I can promise you is that I will continually grow and improve and figure out the best way to provide you with this information. I'll also get better about bringing on great guests. So far, I've had awesome guests, but I'm sure in the future, um, the vetting process will fail. But um, <laughs> Never yeah. Thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. It was nice meeting you and getting to talk to you. I've talked to you a little bit on Telegram, but this is the first time actually meeting, meeting you other than, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that I watched the Cardano effect and I've listened to you talk on there and it's, it's funny because I feel like I know you because I've had you in my ear during bike rides and stuff, you know, so (laughs) that's, that's kind of spooky, really. It it really is. And I'm, I'm sure some people feel the same way about me. I mean, I put out hours of content every week where it's just me talking to a microphone um in in a way it feels like a conversation you know so it's it's a yeah. it's a weird world we're heading into but yep i hope no, you guys like enjoyed this. this i hope you guys all Good have a wonderful week okay thanks a lot
All right, there, I just ended it.